Welcome back to Boilers and Beyond. I am your host, Jordan Jones. It's been a few weeks now since our last episode. Uh, I apologize for that. I've been busy getting uh, moved back in down to West Lafayette for my senior year at Purdue, uh, getting everything ready for classes, which began yesterday. An interesting mix of in-person and online instruction. Uh, Sure to be a major topic of conversation for Purdue students, graduates, parents, fans, and anyone else affiliated with the school here over the next few months. Uh, There's been a boatload of controversy surrounding the Big Ten Conference since the last time we talked, so we're going to go ahead and get right into that here today. Uh, Right after our last episode, uh, the Big Ten released their conference-only schedule, had everyone very excited for a 10-game season. Uh, Purdue would have been opening up in Ann Arbor against Jim Harbaugh in the Wolverines of Michigan. But less than a week later, the Big Ten presidents voted to shut that down and cancel the fall season with hopes of playing some type of season in the winter or spring. Uh, Obviously, this drew a ton of pushback from supporters of playing football this fall. The Big Ten was the first Power Five conference to cancel their fall season, which was followed very quickly by the Pac-12 and also followed quickly by the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 doubling down on their stances of playing football this fall in their respective parts of the country. Um, There's a lot to unpack with this decision. I don't know that there is necessarily a perfect way to approach this. Obviously, the coronavirus pandemic has altered all of sports in a way none of us could have ever imagined, from playing a 60-game MLB season with no fans to now looking at an NFL season with no fans and pro basketball and hockey literally living in a bubble to make sure they don't get the virus so they can finish their seasons. Um, You know, there's no perfect answer here. But the Big Ten's decision is ultra-conservative. It is very, very quick. It's very reactive to... You know, I don't know what it is reactive to. Uh, I don't know what information the Big Ten presidents are getting. I do know that, you know, in the Big Ten, I Purdue, we are still in-person classes right now. I just got out of an in-person class uh, less than a half hour ago. Uh, I know other schools are doing the same thing. So, you know, if these presidents are okay with their students going to class in person, it is interesting that, you know, they are not okay with their schools playing football. Uh, that first it was reported that the president's vote was 11 to two with Nebraska and Iowa voting in favor of playing this fall. Then allegedly there's five schools interested in playing in another conference. There's so much about this that is unprecedented, even from a college football perspective, because you've never looked at a season getting canceled before. This isn't something like a professional sports league where you have lockouts causing uh, seasons to be postponed, shortened, or you know canceled completely like hockey back in the mid-2000s due to collective bargaining agreements. There's none of that in college athletics to begin with. Um, I just really, you know, punting the spring is a very interesting move when, you know, right now some university presidents have moved their classes online and are saying it's not safe for our students to be on campus right now. Well, you know, maybe that would be more conducive to football. 
if the students, if the student athletes are the only ones, you know, on campus and they can live in more of a bubble, maybe that's more conducive. I don't really know. I know personally, I am looking here to find as much of a path to football as possible. Uh, I'm going to miss seeing Purdue football, obviously. Um, you know, the Big Ten, Big Ten football is a huge part of fall. You know, you wake up on Saturday morning to watch Michigan State and Northwestern play a game that ends 13 to 10 and a game that you want to fall asleep to. And then the day gets going there. So it's going to be a really unfortunate fall to not have Big Ten sports. It did get reported very early on after the president's vote that Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, and Nebraska were all in talks with other leagues to play football this fall. Thankfully, those rumors had died down since, and it appears that those schools will all be staying in the Big Ten Conference. Um, Just, you know, to get my thoughts out on that, if any of those schools were to leave the Big Ten to play football this fall, Kevin Warren would go down as the worst commissioner in Power Five history. Thankfully, they do not appear to be leaving. Kevin Warren still has time to not cement his legacy as the worst commissioner ever. But good conferences don't lose members. You know, the Big 12 uh, around 2010 when Colorado and Nebraska took off, they were the first real big conference to start losing members. But good conferences do not lose their members. The Big 10 and SEC are by far the two most important leagues in college sports. The ACC, Big 12, and Pac-12 are power conferences. They are important, but neither of them carry the weight the Big 10 and SEC do. The Big 10 is the best academic conference in the Power 5, and the SEC has the most money tied up in college athletics due to how big football is in the South. Those two conferences are important as can be. They don't lose members. The Big 10 has only lost University of Chicago. The SEC has lost Tuskegee and maybe a couple others throughout time, but they do not lose members in those two conferences. If Kevin Warren were to mess the situation up so bad that schools were going to leave, probably the second, first or second best conference in college athletics just so they could play football this fall, um, that would be a grave mistake on Kevin Warren's fault and the Big Ten president's fault for allowing their schools to fall that far out of touch with one another. I am very happy that Purdue did not engage in any of those talks of finding a new league this fall, whether it be temporary or permanently. Look, you have to ask yourself where these schools would even go to begin with. I mean, are they going to go to the Big 12, the ACC, the American? We know the SEC is not going to take them. The the SEC has no interest in bringing a team from the North into their league. You know that right away based off their fans on Twitter, assuming most of you are on Twitter and have seen SEC fans. But in times where athletic department budgets are getting crunched every single day and you're seeing staff members furloughed and laid off, I don't know that it makes any sense to add these frequent long travel expenses. You know, if you're in, you know, if you're the University of Michigan and you want to join the Big 12, You know, you're flying to Waco, Texas, to Lubbock, Texas, to Manhattan, Kansas, to uh, Morgantown, West Virginia. You're flying all over the place. And I don't know if that makes any sense when you are already losing money by not having fans in the big house every Saturday and you're not having season ticket revenue come in. I just don't get it. Um, 
you know, this is a really tough time for college athletics. Many of you who listen to the show, I assume, are primarily Purdue fans. Um, I am sure you have seen John Purdue Club's More Than a Game campaign, which was conveniently released the day after the fall football season was canceled. But uh, it is a campaign to support the athletic department. That way they can avoid job losses and, more importantly, cutting sports. I know we recently saw that Iowa had to cut four sports. We've seen it all across the country. Um, Purdue Athletics is not funded at all by Purdue University. Purdue Athletics is entirely self-reliant. If you are paying tuition at Purdue, all of that tuition money goes to the university. None goes to athletics. Love it or hate it, and trust me, I have my opinions on that. That's the reality, though. Uh, Purdue Athletics needs support. Um, I really do hope this campaign is successful, uh, I particularly to avoid cutting sports. Um, it's really disappointing to see that, whatever the sports may be that would get cut. I know my family has deep ties to college baseball, and you have seen some of the mid-major schools cutting baseball programs this week, um, or even since you know, the quarantine period happened and college sports were shut down. It's just disappointing to see that because I know there's so many families who have deep ties to all sorts of college sports. And I would hate to see schools start having to cut those programs because of the financial impact that COVID-19 has had. Um, So I really do hope that this campaign goes well. Purdue Athletics has made tremendous progress in the past few years under the leadership of Mike Bobinski. I really, really do hope that the lack of revenue doesn't slow the progress that Purdue has made. Uh, If you've been in West Lafayette lately, you have almost guaranteed to have seen the new video board up at Ross-Aid Stadium. It is spectacular. Um, I was on the golf course on Ackerman Allen the other day, and you could see you know, from the golf course, the video board, you can see the lights. Ross Aid has made so much improvement over the past five years under the leadership of Mike Bobinski. It is truly phenomenal. Uh, I think the best days of Purdue athletics are ahead of it. And I really hope this campaign is successful to make sure that we continue to be able to see Purdue move in the best direction possible. Um, back to discussing the Big Ten, though. Um, I just really disagreed with the Big Ten's timeline here. Um, I, I don't know how you release a schedule just to cancel the season a week later. That made zero sense to me whatsoever. I don't know how in less than a week the university presidents went from okaying a 10-game conference-only schedule to a fully canceled season and not looking at playing football until January January 2021 at the soonest. Uh, It just doesn't make sense. I don't understand how Kevin Warren and the Big Ten presidents came to these decisions. Um, You know, there was clearly very little input from players here. I do think that's important. Granted, we can go all day on an episode about the way players are represented in college athletics today. But I do think if you're looking at canceling a season, it's very important to at least look at what the players want, what the players feel. Um, 
you know, I don't know. Even the coaches as well. I don't know what type of input was there. Um, and, you know, to make matters worse, Kevin Warren, the new Big Ten commissioner, uh, was very silent in the days following this cancellation. I think many people will remember Kevin Warren taking over the uh, Big Ten commissioner spot from Jim Delaney, who was the longtime Big Ten commissioner, very successful Big Ten commissioner who brought expansion into the league, um, brought the Big Ten network to life, and really you know, maintained the Big Ten's image as a top two conference in college sports. Um, you know, Warren went completely silent. You saw outrage on Twitter from coaches, players, and parents um, just, you know, really speaking their minds about their disappointment that the season was canceled, that they had very little input in whether the season took place or not. Um, you know, I would be interested to see, however, to defend Kevin Warren slightly and to play the devil's advocate, although I will not defend Kevin Warren much on this decision, I would be interested to see what the percentage of parents and players are who were okay with the Big Ten shutting it down in the fall. I know from a high-profile perspective, Justin Fields has been very vocal about wanting to play this fall, but you know the second biggest quarterback name in the league, Minnesota's Tanner Morgan, uh, has been outspoken that he was okay with the season being postponed to the spring or winter. Um, you know, Ohio State parents were very outspoken, but Ohio State sends the most players to the NFL. There's obviously that interest involved there. I would like to know, you know, how do Rutgers parents feel about this? How do Northwestern parents feel about this? Uh, again, I don't know. I'm not saying that, you know, Ohio State parents are wrong, and I'm not saying that a parent would be wrong for supporting the delay of the season. There are no perfect answers here, and that is why. There is so much to talk about with the Big Ten's decision. Um, it truly is fascinating to me. Uh, that, you know, this is why you see a push for college football to have some type of commissioner um, where the SEC, ACC, Big 12, Big Ten, and Pac 12 would all be under the same boat. Um, you know, it just, it's a bad look for college football right now that. Three conferences are playing and two conferences aren't. And, you know, we'll see what's going to happen here. If the three conferences playing are able to play in a month, you know, in late September, I think September 26th is that targeted start date. And if they're able to get their season done with very few games canceled or at least just getting something done, it's going to look really, really bad for Kevin Warren. And if you think Big Ten fans are pissed off right now with not having a season, just wait until we're watching a college football playoff in January full of ACC, SEC, and Big 12 teams. And the SEC fans are starting in on the Big Ten on Twitter, getting all the Twitter conversation of college football fans fired up yet again. Um, you know, the part with this that I am most confused about and I believe this was Sunday that this was tweeted out. It was 24-7 Sports stating that every Big Ten athletic director preferred playing this fall and that the ADs were not in, involved whatsoever in decision-making processes here. 
Look, I understand uh, there is a huge power differential between university presidents and athletic directors, but at the same time, aren't the athletic directors supposed to be the experts on college sports? Isn't that why they have a job? Um, You know, when else are university presidents involved in athletic department decisions? Unless you're hiring a new AD or a high-profile football or basketball coach, when else are university presidents even involved? You know, if you are making a decision within Purdue University about the engineering department, don't the engineering department heads get a say? I mean, are we going to make decisions regarding aerospace engineering without talking to the program directors, the high-profile alumni? I mean, come on. If, the, if this is true and the ADs had no say at all in the decision-making here, this is malpractice by the Big Ten presidents. Um you know, what are you paying the athletic directors for then? You know, we have 13 state schools in the Big Ten. What are the taxpayers' dollars going towards if the ADs don't get a say in all in the biggest athletic debate in our time? It's just disappointing that this is how it is. Um, I don't get it. I do think, though, wholeheartedly that the ADs should have at least had some say in this. The decision should probably be made by the university president, but to have the ADs not involved whatsoever in these conversations is absolutely absurd. But, you know, regardless, the Big Ten presidents punted it back to the spring. I have my sincere doubts about that. We've seen no actual plan outside of the mock uh, plan that Jeff Brom released, which major credit to Brom for getting a plan laid out for the spring. He did that very quick after the uh, fall season was canceled, and it looks good. I am no expert on logistics of all of this. I am not educated enough on the toll that football takes on the bodies of the players. Um, I do know, however, that you know this is something that looks realistic. It's not trying to play 12 in the spring and 12 in the fall. It is something that could potentially work, and credit to Brom for getting it out there before anyone else in the Big Ten has. I would love to see the Big Ten get a plan in place prior to these other leagues kicking off. I think it would be very important for the Big Ten to have something in their fans' hands that they can look forward to when on September 26th, Everyone's sitting on the couch with a case of Bud Light watching every other school play besides their own. I think that would be very, very important and great optics for Kevin Warren and the university presidents. Um, I was never a huge fan of this whole spring season idea. I'm definitely a traditionalist when it comes to most things sports related. I would love to have a season in the fall over a season in the spring, but clearly this isn't what the Big Ten presidents are willing to do. Get us a spring season. The players have worked way too hard for us to not have a football season at all. These guys were back here over the summer. They were putting in a lot of time in the weight room doing socially distanced workouts with masks on. Um, you know, those guys deserve to have a chance to play. I am not a fan of all, at all of the fact that they were not given much of a chance to play at all in the fall, but I really hope that the players can be a priority here and get them on the field and let them play because it's been made very clear that the players want to play. 
Uh, we have seen so many speculative tweets about what's going on in the Big Ten right now from completely unreliable sources. I'm sure many of you have seen the Twitter user who goes by the name Sir Yacht. Uh, he's had plenty of scoops on takes and potential outcomes of the Big Ten decisions that make zero sense. I know on the Barstool uh, college football podcast, Unnecessary Roughness, uh, there was a great segment making fun of that. But um, look, just don't look too much into anything until you hear it from a respected source. Uh, CBS, 24-7, Rivals, ESPN, anything like that. That's where you're going to get your best sources. The Athletic is another good one as well. But um, just be smart here. Don't don't get your hopes up because someone named Sir Yacht tweeted something. Um, another major topic since we talked last was the end of Rondale Moore's Purdue career as he tweeted out that he was opting out of the season. Um, look, it's not surprising. I don't think anyone who is a Purdue fan can blame Rondale Moore here. Um, but 17 games was not enough for us to have Rondale Moore in a Purdue uniform. Um, just the most exciting player Purdue has ever had. And I don't think it's close. Uh, no one's ever going to forget that debut game against Northwestern on the Thursday night season opener on ESPN. More breaks the school record for all-purpose yards in a game. And, you know, really a game Purdue should have won. Three first-half interceptions by Elijah Sindelar. Brom not opening up the playbook for David Blau. Um, a game Purdue really should have won. But, you know, my lasting memory from that game will be being in the student section and Rondale Moore dropped his first target of the game. And my buddy looks over at me and all my other friends and goes, oh, he was a four-star you know, complaining about the four-star recruit not making a catch. Well, then Rondale goes and breaks the school record for all-purpose yards in a game, and we still pick on my buddy for that to this day. But, you know, that freshman season was just truly unbelievable. Um, no, no one has ever seen anything like that at Purdue. We've had plenty of talented receivers. Taylor Stubblefield, John Standiford, Dorian Bryant stand out, but... Nothing like that at all. Um, you know, the night Ohio State came to town, Purdue pulls off the greatest upset in school history. Something tells me that wouldn't happen without Rondale Moore on that field. Thank you, Rondale, for all the memories. Uh, Purdue fans will always hold Rondale Moore very close. Um, now it's time for me to hope that Rondale Moore puts on number four for the Chicago Bears next year and that he can make a hell of a combo with Mitch Trubisky in the Bears passing game. Finally, last thing before we get into questions here, it was awesome to see Indiana High School football back on the field last weekend. ton of Purdue commits and Purdue targets on the field in their season openers. Uh, for those of you listening to the show here in the state of Indiana, uh, maybe you can get to a game in person this year. I know every school is doing something different with ticketing, but... You know, support the local high school football programs however you can. Uh, I was pleased on Friday that I was able to watch my alma mater, the Warsaw Tigers, uh, on a live stream last weekend as they took they took down Huntington North to start the season 1-0. So uh, I wish all of your high school football programs success unless you're from Plymouth. And I hope that 
Indiana high school football can continue to play throughout the remainder of the fall. Now we're going to get into questions. As you know, every week we take questions via Twitter. You can follow us at Boilers Beyond and submit your questions there. Our first question is from Adam, a big University of Michigan fan. Adam wants to know what my take is on Kevin Warren letting his son play football, but not letting Big Ten student athletes play football. And that's a very interesting question. Uh, For those of you who do not know, Uh, Kevin Warren's son is a football player at Mississippi State University, a member of the SEC who will be playing football this fall. Look, on the surface, it seems pretty hypocritical. Um, If Warren feels that it's unsafe for Big Ten teams to be playing, I am not sure why his son has not opted out of the Mississippi State season. At the same time, this decision was made by the university presidents, allegedly, and not Warren. For all I know, maybe Warren is in favor of playing this fall and the university presidents are totally in control there. I don't really know, but regardless, it's not a good look for Kevin Warren and it's just a really bad time for Kevin Warren because of how poorly everything has gone in the past month in Big Ten football. Nate on Twitter wants to know, If Rondale Moore goes down as one of my top three favorite Purdue football players ever, and you know, Nate, the answer is I think so. Um, I'm really in a hard age group here. Uh, I'm 21, so I was born in 98. I am too young to remember the Breeze era. I do remember parts of Orton's senior year in 2004. I remember being at the fumble game. I remember being at the bucket beatdown when Purdue put up 63 on IU. But that's about it from those eras. So, you know, some of the players Rondale's up there with are Ricardo Allen, uh, Ryan Kerrigan. I really did like David Blau as well. But Rondale's right up there with those guys. He was so exciting um, and such a unique player at Purdue that Purdue never really has had a player like that before. So I would definitely put Rondale up there with those guys and say, yes, he is in my top three. Another one coming in from Josh. He said, if you don't cover it on the show, what is your prediction for other conferences like the SEC that have not made a decision about fall sports yet? You know, this is difficult because the way I look at it, I think the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 have made a decision. You know, they've released schedules with dates. They're still practicing. Uh, They're now starting to make decisions about how many fans can be in the stands. I think they have made their decision now. Um, I do believe, though, if they can play, I think it's very possible that those conferences will play. Um, You're going to have to reschedule games probably. You may have to cancel games if positive COVID-19 tests come back and you're really looking at a bulk of the team impacted. But, you know, here in Indiana, next door in Ohio, they're playing high school football. Uh, yes, life is much different for high school athletes than college athletes. We know that that's not news to anyone, but you know, if it can be done at some level, I think these colleges who have a lot more money riding on it are going to do their best to get a football season in. There will be football played. I don't know how much, but there will be football played up next is Larry. And he wants to know if I watched the Indianapolis 500 and if I did, what were my thoughts on the race? Yes, Larry, I did watch the Indy 500. Uh, I caught the second half of the race after a round of golf. 
over at uh, Ackerman Allen course here in West Lafayette. Um, the Indy 500 is interesting to me. The pre-race festivities are fantastic. Uh, I think they may be the best pre-event uh, festivities in all of sports. Back home again in Indiana at the race is one of my favorite traditions in all of sports. Uh, hearing Jim Cornelison on it is fantastic. I'm a Chicago Blackhawks fan, so you know him coming from the national anthem of the Blackhawks to now do back home again at Back home again in Indiana as a replacement for Jim Neighbors is really cool. Uh, it was weird seeing the video of that later without the All-American Marching Band playing the music alongside Jim Cornelison, but the pre-race festivities were great. In terms of the actual racing on the track, I much prefer NASCAR to IndyCar or Formula One. Uh, I am a NASCAR fan. I think the racing is a lot more entertaining I think the fans are much more connected with the drivers in NASCAR than they are in IndyCar. And I think, obviously, IndyCar has one relevant race a year. That is the Indy 500, whereas NASCAR is much bigger throughout the calendar. But in the actual race itself, um, you can't end your biggest race of the year on a caution. Uh, that's probably the worst thing I've ever seen, honestly. That, that was just terrible um, in NASCAR, my favorite racing. Every race ends under a green, even if they have to go past the allotted laps and mileage. That's how it should be. You can't, drivers can't win a race because someone hit a wall behind them and they're able to coast around the track at 45 miles an hour for four laps and win the race. I don't like anything about that. Um, but again, that's another reason why I believe that NASCAR is a superior sport to IndyCar. And last question, excuse me, two more. Hunter wants to know, if I was going to have my last drink ever at Harry's, what would I order? Um, that is a scary thought to think that I would be having my last drink at Harry's already, but uh, I would order a Baltimore Zoo. Um, I'd want to get one of the true specialty drinks Harry's makes that you can't get anywhere else. Um, I'm a big John Daly fan, but it's two ingredients. I can make that at home. The Baltimore Zoo is a Harry's staple going back generations. Um, and I'm also not a huge grasshopper guy, another one of the uh, classic drinks at Harry's. So I would go with the Baltimore Zoo. Finally, uh, the Mackie Maniacs on Twitter would like to know what my thoughts on Michelob Ultra are. Look, it's not terrible. Um, it's a beer. It can't be that bad. It's very, very light. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of the aftertaste necessarily, but you know, I'd order a Bud Miller or Coors before a Mick Ultra, but I would also rather have a Mick Ultra than a water or a pop. Um, that's all I have for this week's show. Thank you guys so much for spending your time with me today. If you want to get in on the Q and a sessions, give us a follow on Twitter at boilers beyond hit us up before next week's episode so that we can answer your questions on the show. We will be back next Tuesday for more of the biggest news and high-level analysis of Purdue athletics, so be sure to tune in. Until then, stay safe.